call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 114 of Call It Friends of the podcast, where usually two friends watch two films decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy, J. Richie, and my co-host, Donna Katerina, watch the latest MCU film from director James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the film right from the start. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Call Friend of Podcast. Drop us a line there for any feedback or recommendations. Peace. So, you were in a CBD shop with Michael Rice. What happened next? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on, we're recording. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't go into details. No, no, not with legal drugs. <laughs> no, it's a, a legal non-high. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Imagine taking some CBD liquid filters back in time with you in an Army of Darkness style. That wouldn't impress people at all. It certainly would not. No, 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 no. Anyway, how have you been? You been having fun? Very well. Uh, it's been a weird week. I did get to go to the cinema to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Apart from that, I watched uh, three films and uh, a holiday special. Three films and a holiday special. Sounds good. Does it, though? I One mean, holiday. nothing blew me away. Nothing blew me. Of, uh, of all those three films? Yeah, nothing. Well, okay. I mean, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. There was nothing that special. Ah, uh, that's a pity. I saw one very good thing, but I had seen it before. Yeah, that doesn't count. You're not, you know, if you've seen something before, you should pretty much know if it's good or not. Although I'll tell I mean, giving the game away, I was a huge fan of Guardians 3. Yeah, me too. I thought it was me absolutely too. brilliant. I, I had, a, I had a, a gay old time. Um, And considering it might be the last Marvel movie I ever watch, as in the last new Marvel movie I ever It's the watch, last one that we care about. It's for I certainly, it's I think it's the last one that a lot of people care about. I'll have a lot to say when we get around to that. Well, I guess we can start with what we've been watching, and it was a bit of a mediocre week, uh, but I'm, I'll report back on a few things. Uh, it's all much of a muchness here. Uh, well, let's start with Caliber. Caliber was good. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid little thriller. It's uh, set in small town Scotland up in the north. Oh, Scottish movie. <laughs> it's a Scottish film. <laughs> it's one of those films that starts really quickly. Like you get, there's two old school friends that are now adults and one of them is like, he's got, he seems to have like a wife and he's got a baby on the way. And then the other one is like the arsehole. Hmm. And he's the, the, the arsehole is like, let's go hunting up in the north of Scotland. Nice. You owe me that because back at school something happened. So you we need to go hunting. Will Poulter is playing. Yeah, in, that in, type in of thing. Movies, yeah. In this film, the, the good guy, the normal guy is Jack Loudon and the baddie's Martin McCann, the Northern Irish guy. And uh, yeah, they go up and they do their little hunting trip and things. They have a they have a little nasty accident and then things go from bad to worse. They're trying to cover shit up and then it all just unravels. But oh, it's just it's yeah, like, like that time. Week. Yeah, just like that time when we did that thing. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, to our lives and to the film Deliverance. It's one of those things where which is so funny is like you know, one of the characters or, or the characters are acting a little bit weird because they're they're trying to cover up the thing that they did and every single character around them is like why are you acting weird you know like people they don't know it's just why are you being sketchy yeah like why are you acting this way person i don't know but uh it's a solid film it's, it carries the same kind of tension and anxiety of something like match point it's that type of thing does it work 
Yeah, it works. It works, and it's like surprising. I like that type of film. I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's you know. It's a quick like in and you're out. You you know exactly what you're getting. It's on Netflix. Um, I feel like they purchased it. I I don't think it was made specifically for Netflix because it's decent. Yeah, other side of the fence. Yeah, from that, tell me the other one. I uh, I watched. I fell on my. I, probably the third time I've seen it in my life. Deliverance. Now, I mean, I'm not telling any tales out of school here. It's fucking incredible. But just to talk you through it, I probably would have seen Deliverance for the first time when I was twelve. Which there's not a lot of films I would say this for, but. 12 is too young to be watching Deliverance. It's extremely scary. Like, and just for the one scene, really. But that one scene colors the rest of the film. So until the guys escape from the valley, you're thinking, where the hell are these fuckers? So for people who don't know, Deliverance, John Burnman's relatively star-studded film, 1972. It's got Burt Reynolds, John Voight, a couple of other fellas. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty um, in yeah his most famous role, unfortunately for him. And they go rowing down a river, uh, get pounced upon and brutally raped. Somebody gets murdered and it's a fight for their lives down the river. All I remembered from seeing it when I was young, obviously, was just the rape and the terror. Then watching it a few years back, thinking, it's kind of sexy, actually. No, 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 just thinking, it's a great action film. But then watching it two or three nights ago, I feel I finally kind of got a slice of what they're going for, which is just... It's just the most masculine movie ever, like in in the in all the worst and best ways. It not okay. So not only is the you know homosexual rape sequence horrifying, it's still horrifying. It might be knowing that it was coming up. I remember not long ago I rewatched up until series three of Game of Thrones, and in the run up to the Red Wedding, I just felt like turning off the thing because I knew what's coming. In particular, the stabbing of uh, Rob Stark's wife and all of that—it's pretty no. grim. But Spoilers. in the like, even in, like in this, just as they got near it, and it's a slow build-up. It's almost like it's deliberate for people who are rewatching the film. You're going, "Oh no!" One of the most infamous scenes in history is about to happen, and like it doesn't—it doesn't let down. But then the thing is, from there, as I mentioned, I think in previous podcasts. The action is so logical to the fil- to the film and to the scene that you've just watched. Like the rape scene ups the tension and the intensity, and it doesn't let up till the end of the fucking film. Like on like even when they're they they're in the hospital and the sheriff is suspicious of them at the end. Watch that film again. It's like razor's edge stuff. Honestly, absolutely the razor's terrific. edge. It's just like well, the razor's no, edge. It's, not, it's much better than razor's edge. I, I wow. Probably better than Caliber is what I'd say. It's a true... Also, Burt Reynolds, him and Oliver Reed must have had some amount of beans flicked to them back in the day. Mm. Two hot pieces of ass. I don't think they make men like that anymore in the first world. No. What do you got? Well, that film also features a a young Tom York playing the banjo. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what it looks like. Okay. Uh, uh, well, next up, I guess I should go for uh, another Netflix property. I don't know why I went all in on the Netflix this week, uh, but I guess this one was inspired by watching Air. I decided to watch uh, 2022's Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. Oh, what you make of it? Uh, 
it's okay. It's not too bad. So it stars Adam Sandler as Stanley Sugarman. You watched it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give the general background anyway. Uh, starring Adam Sandler as Stanley Sugarman, a, a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers who, after getting fired, finds the best basketball prospect of all time, a 22-year-old <laughs> Spanish guy. An ex-con uh, single father playing on a in neighborhood Mallorca. court. Yeah, in what claims to be Madrid, but is quite clearly not. No, it claims to be Mallorca. No, it's supposed to be Madrid. They say it's Madrid. Are you sure? Yeah, he says he's in Madrid. Okay. He's from Madrid, and it's supposed to be Madrid. I don't know where I got that other impression from. So Because that's mind. where it's filmed, cause they, because they went to Mallorca. Oh, he's okay, in okay, Mallorca. Okay, 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 okay. That's where Adam Sandler's character is, but then he flies back. Uh, he goes, he's back to the mainland before going home, I guess. Anyway, I see we're focused on the important points of the <laughs> yeah. film so far. No one cares about it. But yeah, what follows is a battle against the odds to get this player, Bo Cruz, into the NBA draft. And it's a fairly breezy affair. You know what you're, you're getting up front, and uh, there's no surprises here. I'd say it, did, it made me um, appreciate air more though in retrospect because this this is fine but it doesn't have the same artistry of something like air it was very watchable it was enjoyable sandler's good he's married to queen latifah that's that's a choice and uh yeah it was fine yeah i i having not seen when did you watch it when did you watch hustle around the time it came out i feel Mm. yeah i haven't seen air but i i don't remember Hustle breaking down any boundaries. Uh, no, quite definitely not. It, like, I mean, it's just fine. Highly watchable. Yeah, it's very watchable. It's got a good soundtrack uh, from Baltimore electronica music, uh, musician and producer Dan Deacon, the legendary Dan Deacon. Why is you he legendary? Him? He's great. I saw the first time I saw him live was uh, was here in 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 Spain. He's what? very funny. He's a very funny guy. He was a member of like Drag City or whatever they're called. He was like. He was in like a kind of improv and comedy collective thing. He's really funny when you see him live. Your tastes are so exotic. He's a really good musician. He's solid. And he, when he plays, he just plays by himself. Yeah, yeah. He like de- kind of DJ-ish type thing, but he talks a lot and he's funny. Like he tells jokes. But I mean, you at a DJ set? What are you there with your hands in the air doing that? It's better than that. It's not like DJ DJ. I don't know. You should listen to some of his music. But I really like the soundtrack for this. It's the kind of soundtrack that makes me want to go running. Yeah. It's very sort of ready to go, upbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. The one trope I did like, which was quite funny, was when he has to, when the, the, the Spanish player, Bo Cruz, has to learn to deal with trash talk. Oh, yes. That's just so funny to me because... I would love to be in that situation. I don't know if it's from like hosting comedy shows, but <laughs> I mean, you, I think we both feel the same way, yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. could have fucking annihilated that boy, the guy, if he'd said anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. could have smashed him. Absolutely. <laughs> I walk around, live my days, fantasizing yeah, about I trash fantasize talk. <laughs> someone trying to trash talk me. Please yeah, yeah, yeah. come and have a go. I'm ready to go at all times. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I'm but, ready but right yeah. now to yeah, exactly. you yeah. say anything. I know. <laughs> I know. So it's like, yeah. But I'm a big fan so of funny. the Sandman. I'll watch anything. Yeah, he's solid. Fair play on him because he's uh, he's built himself into... He's got a great face for it now. Like, he, he's not that young, handsome young buck that he he's once was. He's also, in general, winning in the hearts of um, Amer- the American public. Like, more and more it's become uh, like a, a fist-pumpy thing 
for him to, to to see him accepting an award and going, yeah, I know the the critics don't like me, but uh, you guys do. And, <laughs> and like, have you seen it? Like his speech when he accepts an Independent Spirit Award for Best Actor in Uncut Gems, it's fucking golden. I also love his uh, stand-up special from a hundred uh, yeah, years ago, hundred percent fresh. Farley thing. Did you watch that? Just the song about Chris Farley. <laughs> That's the only part I watched. There's a great song about peeing in the shower. Mm. I sing it when I pee in the shower. Play. Well, no, I feel bad for shitting on this guy because he's 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 a man after my own heart. He's an Irish man, but I went to see Evil Dead Rise. Oh yeah, and I wasn't a fan. But it, in my defense. It kind of made me realize a couple of things that A, it might not be for me and B, well, A.5, let's say. I kind of thought to myself, do I like the Evil Dead movies at all? And uh, I thought back on them. I quite like the first one, the one that people say is, uh, you know, basically the second one before Raimi got budget. I remember watching the second one a bunch, but it ultimately having no story. So I like a lot of what comes out of the Evil Dead, all the frantic camera moves, the way the Coen brothers made it, Raising Arizona, the way Edgar Wright directs everything. I like all of that stuff, but I'm not sure how big a fan I am of them. Now, so Evil Dead Rise is, it's got a book in it. It has an evil book in it. That's the only relation. There's a very interesting opening scene where they're in a cabin and some spooky shit happens. A lady's scalp gets ripped off. And then all of a sudden, it's one day earlier. And the whole movie actually happens in an apartment building in the middle of a city. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I like Halloween. I like Laurie Strode. I like when you like a character in a movie. Like this. Instead of just that. Right. We, you spoke, like, last week about annoying cinema tropes. You know one that grinds my fucking gears so much? You know forced laughter at, like, horror violence? Give me an example. I don't know, just like if you're watching Kill Bill and blood sprays across the screen. No, and I like Kill Bill, but that whole... <laughs> I don't know, I've experienced that. Who's laughing? Like. The audience? Yes. But, I mean, is it genuinely funny at some point or what? I can't think, of, I'm trying no, to think of like I mean, a horror Evil example. Dead 2 is, and I'm not a huge fan of it, Evil Dead 2 is genuinely funny a lot because it's got Bruce Campbell. What about funny. like the turkey baster in... Um, the thing with Stephen Lang, whatever that's Don't is breathe. Don't breathe. And yeah, that's funny. Is that okay? But is that, that's not what you're talking about. You're no, talking I'm about not. I'm just talking like a blood spray or something excessively gory and people are laughing their heads off. And it, it's like if you go to see The Exorcist and people laugh at the down the stairs thing and it's like, it's, Do they? it's not really funny. Don't go to the cinema, especially not one full of trained chimps. I mean, you might be right. But anyway, besides all of that, it, so it's... A woman in an apartment, her sister comes to visit. She's got uh, three daughters, well, uh, two daughters and non-binary kid. And um, someone reads something out of a fucking book and then all shit flies off. Now, I was awake and lucid for the whole movie. I can barely remember a thing that happened at this stage. Um, except the fact that I was kind of just annoyed by it because I hadn't been to the cinema in ages and we might have gone to something else. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. I know a lot of people are. I really do like a few Sam Raimi films. Like, I really like uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2. I really like Drag Me to Hell. I really like Dark Man. I really like, uh, what's the Western again? Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead, I really like. But um, yeah, not such a fan of 
the Evil Dead as everybody is, and certainly not the Evil Dead Rise. So who made this Evil Dead Rises? Who's the director? Guy call, a guy called Lee Cronin, fellow from Dublin. Fair play. Sorry, man. Hey, but I will say this. For people who like this sort of thing, I'm sure it's golden. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's very not So you heard me. that. If you have terrible taste, folks. <laughs> no, I was just bored. Do you never get that? Like certain films that you're like... Yeah, if they're very generic. It's just not generic. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's just not for you. Or maybe it's shy. Yeah, Sorry, I know. Lee. What else you got? Uh, well, I think you should go next because my next thing leads into Groniads of the Galaxy. Okay, so I got two episodes left in this, but I'm willing to make a call on it. Are I'm you watching about Netflix's this podcast? Go ahead. Beef. Mm, I heard about that. Yes, a twenty-four produced Netflix show mm. uh, starring Stephen Jun and uh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Um, about EDN. two people who engage in road rage with each other and then just wrap up in one another's lives in vengeance plots and so forth. Uh, it's relatively entertaining. Um, a lot of people are getting a lot of kicks out of it, and I understand it. The best I can say for it is that it made me realize a big thing of... I don't really care about spoilers, generally. I don't mind about them. I don't mind if somebody tells me what's happening. Are you going to spoil this? Huh? Are you going to spoil no, this? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But I've already looked up what happens at the end of it. Oh. And the reason is thus. I kind of realized that I don't mind so much knowing the plot if the thing is Good. engaging in a visual like in right. a, do you know what i mean yeah it's like because i like i i read a fair bit of you know nashi plotty books and stuff like that uh like i read histories and i know what happens in the histories but i'll <laughs> uh, i'll still want to read to get, get the thrill out of it so if the thrill is there in a show i'll keep up with it even if somebody spoils it for me this i spoiled for myself just because the plot is good and it's it's shot entertainingly what I will say is it's just like, it's the most, like, it's Netflix defined. If this was the 1980s or the 90s, Falling Down. This is Falling Down. It's, it reminds me, just from what I've read about it, it reminds me of the Roger Michel film, Changing Lanes, with Yeah, it Samuel is quite Jackson Changing Lanes, and ben, with, and ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, it is quite Changing Lanes. Because they have, like, they get into, like, a... A smash, yeah, yeah. A, a car accident, a car crash, uh, and then Affleck they... is very privileged and wealthy, and Samuel Jackson's on his way to a job interview. But it is quite similar to that. But that's quite cinematic. I saw that in the cinema. Yeah, I saw out. that at the Edinburgh Film Festival, and Roger Michel was there. Yes. Wow. Do you enjoy yeah. that film? Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it was probably the kind of thing where, because the creator was there, I was like, oh, yeah. But I yeah, actually yeah. liked it a it's lot. It's not the most memorable film in the world. No, it's fine. But it's you and I both sucked. remembered it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but it's just point being is like, uh, it just made me think, ah, this is exactly what Netflix is there for. Because this could hold one's attention years ago, such a story with such themes and such ideas for 90 to 120 minutes. Wait, spoil it for gone. me. Spoil it for me. Okay, spoilers for beef, because I'm never going to watch it. Okay. Well, Spoilers for beef. But this it's is what, all right, I can give you good spoilers for it, actually. Go, tell you something I could, Now, even though I don't know the ending yet, I'm two episodes from the end. So... I thought you said you'd read the ending, did you not? Huh? I thought you spoiled it for yourself, did you not? Yes, but at the same time, you know how Netflix synopses are. Oh, they're shite, yeah. Yeah, I don't quite have the gist of how it's gonna, gonna end, but I know how the... Anyway, uh, spoilers how, for beef, spoilers for beef. How it all ends up. So, they get into their traffic accident, and then they pursue each other. And the Netflix way of prolonging it is you've got the brother character. Flashbacks or something. His husband, no, no, her husband's character, 
her husband's mother. As Are they kid. doing like all the different points of view? Like, a no, everybody's Rashomon kind of got issues in their lives and the issues get all tangled up. It is a bit of a Rashomon thing, but moving in real time. Right. But basically, it just works to kind of drain a bit of tension out of uh, what could have been a better story. So then uh, occasionally they play up the tension, like there's quite a good uh, couple of scenes in Las Vegas. It's funny Where's in it parts. Set? LA. Ali Wong is great. She's great. Stephen Jung is great. Um, yeah, it's in LA. But at the same time, it's just like... Is it serious? Ish. Like, are they trying to, like, kill each other or something? No, they're just... They're just like I suppose the general theme of the series is everyone's kind of fucked up. Mm. Like it would be like if in falling down you got to get some slices of life of the Korean shopkeeper's life, right, and you saw that right. he was a lunatic too. Right. Um. So it's kind of that. It's also taking swipes at the LA art world, which everybody loves to do and everything. Play. So fair play. Yeah. Um. I don't know. People love it. It's all right. I'll probably oh, watch it was, the it end. Came, it, it was because it's got um David Cho is in it, right? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah, was. He, he's I know there was some controversy around that. Andrew Santino too. It's a very LA choice. Indeed, it is. Yeah, indeed, it is. Uh, uh, so that's it for beef. It's all right. A little bit too much fat for me. Nice. That's Thanks. Thanks for wordplay. Well, the last thing I have to talk about uh, leads into Guardians of the Galaxy because it's... Uh, I- I've seen all 32 of the MCU films. I know everything that could possibly happen in every multiverse, in all the verses. I've I have seen not. it all. I'm minus one. You filled in that blank. I did. You haven't seen the TV shows, though, have you? No. Those Are don't you going count. to? No, they don't count. No. No, not after this, certainly. I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantum Mania. Is it as bad as everyone says? Well, it is a bit of a CGI clusterfuck, yes. Uh, it starts strongly enough, and then it goes downhill pretty quickly after Ant-Man and all his people, all his crew, get sucked down into the quantum realm. And they have to face off against Kang, the wife-beater, uh, Jonathan Majors. Has he been sacked from the MCU yet? Basically. he's. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Majors before. Like More and more claims are being made against him. Like He's done. He has oh, man. been Disney dropped. must be panicking. His agents have dropped him. He's been blacklisted that from bad. going to parties and stuff so like that. So not officially like dropped from Disney just because they're panicking. No, but his, his, yeah, his, he doesn't have representation anymore. I think he's like, I think he's done. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's serious. It's like he's, I think he's basically Hold on. Been uh, uh, just be Just to be like, just in case we have enough listeners for anybody to be bothered like this. Obviously, it's it's horrible that this dude uh, beat up and throttled his girlfriend. Um, and yeah, God, uh, God bless everybody who's kicking him out of their lives. It's just a uh, in terms of precarious positions for film studios and the gamble they made on him. It's crazy, right but it's now. also like stuff has come out from the past. So yeah, no, no, I know. Yes, I, so they I, like I didn't even vet him. Yeah, like they didn't vet him properly. Um. So yeah. So it's so like, he's done essentially. But Disney haven't officially distanced themselves from not yet. yet. But it's I think it's like an you know easy recast. So fuck uh, John Majors and all that. But it's uh, John Majors. <laughs> what I say? Well, no, it's fine. It's just when you shorten his name to John Majors, it sounds like Ali G talking about John Major. <laughs> anyway, 
Tell me, what happens in this Quantumania whole I've ship? already given you the plot synopsis. That was it. His crew gets sucked off down into the quantum realm, and then they have to fight against Kang the wife beer. And, and isn't the Michelle end. Pfeiffer, wasn't she a former She's lover? Fine. She's okay. Well, yeah, there's some weird stuff hinted at. Because Michelle Pfeiffer's character, whatever she's called, the old wasp. The old wasp, exactly. <laughs> the, old, the old wasp. Uh, she's kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, when I was in the quantum realm, there was this guy, Kang, and he's evil and he's bad, and I didn't tell any of you. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds like excellent writing. It is solid. It's good writing. It's very Rick and Morty again. There's a couple of Rick and Morty scenes where you're like... Uh, they need to, and it was written by another like former Rick and Morty writer. So yeah, it's not great. Uh, it's basically just a real waste of money and talent. Rudd is still charming. Michael Douglas is funny. Catherine Newton is miscast. I would say as Rudd's daughter, which is like again, she's taken over from someone else. She's a hmm. recasting job there. But um, yeah, I think it'll be quite easy to recast Kang. I don't think they'll have any like it's quite easy to sell because it's a multiverse thing, so they can just they could do whatever they want. They could redo it, but yeah, but, I mean, it still does fuck Marvel. But ultimately, like, but this who is, cares at this point? That's the biggest problem. I like Guardians of the Galaxy three was the opportunity to see off a series of three films made by like a talented director and sometimes writer. And uh, it was a thing that people were looking forward to for characters that they cared about. Yeah, okay. And for, for all we said about Peyton Reed in the past <laughs> and the, the value of an Ant-Man and a Wasp, yeah, he's not good. No. He's not a good director. And... Uh... Go on, tell me, what happens in the Christmas special so we can get started talking about three? Well, I think we should I think we should blow through just Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2. Okay. Plus, I've also played the game. This is Guardians game? Yeah, solid. It's very good. Oh, who do you play as? Uh, you're Quill, but you have the whole team and you send them off to do stuff and things. Sounds it's cool. Fun. Yeah, it's a very good game. I'll say that. I'll say that for the Guardians of the Galaxy game. It captures the characters very well. And are the, the combat's not very good, but the story's excellent. Are the missions based on the movies? No, but it features like Cosmo, Adam Warlock. It's a lot of like similar. I mean, it's all the like you know characters from the comic book uh, arcs. But are they based on the comic book or the based on? Movies? I imagine based on comic book, or else was written for the game. It's not based on the films. No. Oh, okay. And it's obviously like different actors doing the voices. Uh, yeah. When Guardians of the Galaxy first came out, it was honestly, I think it was the first hint you got at how good the MCU might make it because it was a big change from everything they had done before. Yeah, people were worried. Yeah, I was working as a movie critic uh, when In that a cocktail came out. bar. In, when I met uh, Adam Warlock. No, no, no. When I met Peter Quill. Uh, with a uh, red bone and he sings into a weird alien thing and takes an orb that's actually an infinity stone. It oh, was yeah. great fun. It was, uh, apart from the Death from Above finale, it was, I mean, still is. It's it's a terrific film. It's so fun. It was a good finale. He has a, he has a dance-off and everything. Not a fan of the finale. Ooh, the dance-off I'm good with. But the all the Peter Serafinage. Uh, yeah, he got... Getting it, getting bit in the air. No, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a big fan of the finale. But what about that part where they all come together and they all we are hold groove. hands? But then after that, they all hold hands, touching the the stone, and then they go, "You we said it, bitch. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." I mean, that's pretty cool. And a great score as well. The first two films are scored by Tyler Bates, 
And then when... What else did he do again? Something. Yeah, he, he's got three, at least three films on his filmography, definitely. Tyler Bates, I'm going to look him up. The Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, but then uh, when James Gunn went away to do Suicide Squad, he ended up picking up John Murphy. And so John Murphy does Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I don't like John Murphy as much. He's fine on things like Sunshine and uh, 28 Days Later. But... Ah, yeah, Tyler Bates does the John Wick movies. Ah, nice. Which are good. They are like I like the score for the John and the Wick score films. that goes like John Wick, John Wick, John Wick, killing loads of Russians. Yeah, but everybody like they're known much more for their uh, soundtrack, of course. The second Guardians movie, I mean, gets a lot of hate. I had fun watching it. I enjoyed it. It's I think the biggest criticisms are the the quote unquote forced humor, the whole taser face sections. Yeah, I've heard so. I, I don't. I never. About I that never, in my job today. I never got that watching the film, but I. I remember the pushback against it of forced humor. I guess because I like James Gunn. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm, I'm a big I'm fan. A, yeah, I'm like I, I will follow James Gunn's sense of humor. I get like in the last year, I watched Super and Slither. I remember mentioning oh, yeah? on yeah I've talked about on here. Okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but, but um, but yeah, I've so I mean, I like they're yeah. great. I like James Gunn. I like his sense of humor. I enjoyed the Suicide Squad. I enjoyed Peacemaker. So, yeah. I, I Guard, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is solid. Good I film. watched the Suicide Squad one morning, and I remember just thinking, anything this guy does, sign me up. It's so fun. But then also moving as well. Like, I think about the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the, like, father and son. Yeah, yeah, Yusuf, yeah, it works. Yusuf Islam scene. But when it comes to moving storylines, I think this is... I'm going to Oh, say wait, I've got one more to fill in for you. The Gardens of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh, yeah, here we go. I watched that. It's a 42-minute special released back in November last year. It bridges the gap between Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and 3. Uh, there's revelations which are talked about in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like Mantis tells Peter that they are half-brother and sister. Yes. Which was kind of weird when I watched, because I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 first, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I, don't I didn't remember get it. anything about that. Um, it's quite childish. Is def- this, the, the holiday special is definitely for kids. The story focuses on Mantis and Drax going to Earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon as a, a Christmas surprise for Peter, which is nice. No, it's like Kevin Bacon playing himself, and he, like, you know, he's, he's into the whole thing. He's, he's happy to, to make fun of himself. It does have a great song by a band called the Old 97s, and that song is called I Don't Know What Christmas Is, But Christmas Time Is Here. It's a solid song. I like a good Christmas song, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is like, is you know, it's kind of taking the piss a bit. It's it's funny. It's a good thing. Uh, overall, it's it's kind of worth watching. It's okay. I think it seemed, felt like a bit of like a Disney placeholder of let's just put it out there. But think about this, like... James Gunn was fired in 2018. Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out in 2017. And like a year later, he got fired for the tweets. And so it took like, you know, five years from that point for this film to finally come out. And And after he'd gone away and done Suicide Squad. And ever like since then, you know, the, the Russos have departed. It's just doubled down on a bunch of side characters that nobody cares about. And this is, as we mentioned before we started talking about it, the last is film in, uh, for the considerable future that most people care about. So let me, uh, I want to I get into a little something about nerd culture. So a while back, kind of not into it anymore, but a while back I started deep diving into the um, 
nerd YouTuber world. Have you been there? I don't know what that is. So the most famous of them is a guy called Critical Drinker, who has a good idea of storylines and he writes books himself, etc. But he is very invested in his nerd stuff. And I quite enjoyed his videos um, because I was, still am, time permitting, hoping to get some videos like that out myself. So I was looking into how they're made. So then he hosts sort of a YouTube podcast once a week or so with a bunch of other nerd world uh, YouTubers. And uh, they all have their own channels and I watch their stuff. And one thing I realized is that the nerds are just like they were in The Simpsons. They're real. They really, really care about all the details. And they're very, very upset when people change things. Um, And particularly, so they're kind of having their day of reckoning now that Disney is losing money. Because they're saying it's deviating from the source material. They're they're big ones on your side. They hate Ryan Johnson. They hate The Last Jedi. That's big with them. They hate that shit. Like, don't deviate. Don't change the characters we love. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like Last Jedi just because... Yeah, let, let's let's not get let's not even end. No, 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 keep I'm going. Not, sorry, I, I, keep believe going. me, I'm not putting you in uh, in no, no, yeah, in, in the house I, with the. With that's the, it. With, I just wanted to with these lads. I wanted to distance myself. Well, you do want to distance yourself from these lads because the more and more I listened, the more and more I was just like, like, like. Do you know what? This was the one thing I, I remember this moment particularly. This was my red pill moment with a nerd community of the internet. They were talking about the um. The new uh, Indiana Jones movie, and one of them said, "Look, if you get Phoebe Waller Bridge into write your movie for you, you might as well kiss it like goodbye, because any project she touches, it's not going to be good." And I was like, "Well, like well, Fleabag, yeah, exactly. She's pretty <laughs> successful. It's like the reason this isn't going to be good is it's just like it's Indiana Jones. Just drop it. Just yeah. just do something else." But anyway, I, I promise this is going somewhere. When I was watching, right, enter Hyperbolia right here. I think I think it's possible that Guardians Three is my favorite singular movie from the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, when I say singular, I mean one not tied to larger storylines. But that said, the ones tied to larger storylines are dependent on other films. I think Guardians Three is largely dependent on itself. I think it's hugely enjoyable. The nerds weren't so happy with it, but here's the thing that really clicked with me on it because I used to be quite a comic book fan. I was thinking. James Gunn approaches intellectual properties like a comic book writer. Like, you know, Alan Moore will do his Superman or his Batman, Grant Morrison, the same, Mark Miller. They'll do all their version of it and they'll fuck around with it with how they will. And I think that's what he kind of does. It made me very excited for what he's going to do with the DC uh, Cinematic yeah, Universe. Yeah, he's got his uh, Superman film first. That yeah, he's that's directing. right. That he's uh, like, he, he's wrote himself. But... From start to finish, I thought this was funny, quite moving, dark, visually spectacular, so much CGI, but not overbearing, cared about all the characters, really, really did. I thought all the characters got payoffs. Well, hold on. Maybe it's a bit overcrowded with characters. There's quite a lot going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I don't, it's two and a half hours long. I don't think it's too long. No, it's about right. I had a great time with it. And I'm looking forward to watching it again at some point. You go. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I mean, I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. I've, like I said, I've watched all the films. I've watched the holiday special and I've played the computer game. I, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and this definitely didn't let me down. It was pretty much exactly what I imagined it was going to be. And I, as I've already said, I love James Gunn. I like his work. I think I share his 
sense of humor and some of his you know weirder ideas i'm completely on board with on rotten tomatoes tomatoes it's 81 percent fresh and the audience score is 95 percent. go on the audience so but in general it's i think the only pushback against the film is that it's a bit crowded there's quite a lot going on some of the ideas that they, they, they introduce they don't really maybe get that much time to deal with necessarily but it didn't bother me at all i, I was very I, I enjoy seeing rocket's backstory i mean that's a story that i'd want to see i didn't you know it's I, if you told me that i was going to see like a little otter <laughs> an otter a walrus and like a rabbit with metal over its face and that i would care about all those characters you know did you cry during the movie uh, almost i don't think i went full what was your almost face moment? Definitely the stuff with the animals is all is all like that. I can't remember what were the other big I cried when um he goes back to his granddad. No, I didn't I didn't oh, I, 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 I never had me a granddad. Like Billy Elliot's dad crossing the picket line. I was just Yeah. A I hate mess. When, I hate when I see scabs as well. That would make me cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that's a funny thing thinking back now. I don't I know there were like a few moving moments, but like the stuff with the, yeah, there's a, there are a few sort of like end of end of character arcs or like end yeah, of character yeah, yeah. story or like you know, it's all dumb for them and you're you know, you have to you know, one moment I thought was, um, it bugged me, you know, because I thought the pr- the one that led into it was so good. There's a part where, you know, where Drax knows the language of the children. Yeah, that is quite annoying. Because just a few minutes beforehand, they kind of admit to the fact that Drax is stupid. Right. And your one makes him forget, so his feelings won't be hurt. And I thought that was, because the movies have always kind of been about, you know, compromising friendship and stuff. And Nebula is just saying, you're stupid or whatever like that. She's like, yeah, he's stupid. But she makes him forget because she wants to spare his feelings. And I thought, you know, the, his, you know, him getting the payoff that I might be stupid, but I can speak the same language as these children. I was like, ah, I don't like it. Well, I mean, it's still in a stupid way because he doesn't bring that up at all. He says, you never asked. Yeah, yeah, that's a stupid so delivery stupid. as well. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that part. I guess, again, some of the pushback a little bit against the film was that, and again, I think it's it's been argued about a lot of Marvel properties, is that they undercut serious moments with jokes. And it happens a bit in this one. It didn't bother me. Again, it's like, I don't, I, I feel like I, I feel like James Gunn is one of the better people at doing that. Some other people might not pull it off as well, but like, I think James Gunn understands in general when well he's got fucked up sense of humor i mean he worked for trauma before he made his own films yeah i gotta say no joke anywhere bothers me that much when the subject matter is is like this like line this up alongside something like um thor love and thunder where the humor seems to all like it's almost making fun of the very concept of the film as opposed to being a part of it. Whereas in Guardians, the humor is within the characters. Do you get my meaning? Right. They're like having a go at each other or... Like, I don't even understand what you're saying. Like, I don't know. It's all... Right, right. Whereas with Thor, Love and Thunder, it genuinely seems to... It almost, it's almost like it has disdain for the franchise. Yeah, but that's like a... 
Taika versus James Gunn difference. I think. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 100%. That's what it is. I prefer James Gunn. Yeah, same. I'll take that all day. Also, like, I think there's no situation where I wouldn't make a joke. <laughs> I don't care how I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's literally no situation. I have but made like jokes the, like in horrendously a- inappropriate. There's situations. other ones where he's like, you know, they're in the spacesuits outside the weird jelly space station. Right. And he's t- saying to Zamora all his feelings and they're like, oh, <laughs> like the most obvious joke. Zamora, what's her name again? Gamora. Gamora. I always do this. He's uh, expressing all his feelings to Gamora. And then they're like, yeah, 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 this is an open channel. Like it's the most obvious joke yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I don't know. It makes me it's laugh. Fine, sure, it's fine. Sure. Because I like the characters. I like all of these guys. I don't know. It it reminded me of how good Marvel films were at one point. It really but did. It's not even Marvel though. Like it feels no, it's just not. like no, no, Marvel no. put the money up. But we saw from watching uh, Suicide Squad, it's like it's just James Gunn. It's James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. And that's why after they fired him, they begged him to come back. And then they, I saw him uh, on Twitter the other day. He was answering just yes no questions, and he said his answer to one of the questions being yes. He was allowed to do whatever he wanted. They basically just said like, "Hey, you come back, and like you, you can do whatever you want." So this is the the first film that has uh, has features the word "fuck." That's in right. The MCU of uh, you know, open the fucking door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had me gasping. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it does feel weird to hear that. Uh, but this one is not for kids. What about when the um the high evolutionary? Or, yeah, is that what his name is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chuck Woody Woody. He gets his face ripped off by has, by uh, rocket. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he gets his face all scratched up first. He gets slashed up by rocket. Oh yeah. And then yeah, later he gets me. his oh, face yeah, pulled yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. T- they took his face off. They took his face off. off. And then uh, that's not for kids. And, and there were young kids in, in my screening. Kids love that shit, though. I don't know. This one kid in the one in the cinema I was in, when he left the screen, he went out like about five times. What he was young. And one time his mom went out after him. But a lot of the times he was just going out by himself. Maybe <laughs> Respect parents. Smoking or something. Yeah, I mean, the parents <laughs> didn't give a fuck. Also, I had three really annoying kids sat next to me that were maybe the same kids from Air, for if, if anyone listened to the Air episode. But um, yeah, I had just kid, I had a constant fucking drone in my ear. Yuck. Why? What, what was happening? They, these kids, were, they were like uh, reacting to stuff loudly. Ooh. Going, no, more like going, oh, come on, please, please tell me Rocket's still alive. Please, please, that type of thing. Oh, that sounds sweet. It wasn't. They were really annoying. They weren't trying to be sweet. You're, I think you would be at home with the internet nerd boys. You should have seen these kids. They were really <laughs> fucking. They were awful. They were like acting hard. They were trying to be. They were trying to be tough. You should have shown them who was boss. I should have. Anyway, should we run through the plot of this fucker? Yeah, I don't remember anything. I can do it very quickly. I'm sure the guardians are all chilling in their new nowhere uh, space station, which they that's mentioned in the holiday special that they bought nowhere. They bought it from uh, the collector. Then uh, next thing, this fucker Adam Warlock comes along, tries to get a rabbit, a uh, rabbit rocket, uh, smashes through all the walls. Yes, and indeed. Uh, then he gets injured by Nebula and uh, has and to fuck life. off again himself. But Rocket's in a bad way, and they need to save him. They, they've they put in like something that'll make him die uh, like a, a kill switch a kill switch so they have to go off and find the code for that which they, takes them to a, 
an organic space station run Oregon by the High Corp. Evolutionary, uh, featuring Nathan Fillion in a, a very. That's funny right. Role. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I like that whole back and forth where he was like talking about having a stupid. Oh, uh, I love that part. <laughs> that made me laugh so much. <laughs> you got one of those as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Talking about scared. having like a stupid uh, colleague <laughs> yeah, that he has to work just with. Like uh, yeah, because uh, the thing wasn't right. Oh yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah, I just made that up. You know. It's classic Fillion. It reminds me a lot of um, his character from Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. blog. Yeah. What's he called? (laughs) Captain Hammer. I don't know. Yeah. He just literally made me laugh with the memory of that. I must watch that again. That's so funny. Hammer is my penis. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it turns out that uh, what they need is not there. And they need to go to this other place. All the while this film is uh, being littered with flashbacks of what happened to Rocket when he was young. So he was just a little baby raccoon and uh, they did some experiments on him to make him intelligent and threw him in cage with uh, a cute otter. Uh, walrus on wheels and a robot rabbit. And they're all cute. Yeah, wait, and they got... the, 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 The otter is called Leela and the the walrus is called Teefs and the rabbit is called Floor. And they give themselves names, and it's and rocket is called rocket. Very sweet. He's a like, rocket. It's very very sweet. Um, the high evolutionary is honestly, as far as baddies go, he fucking crushes Kang. Like he's great. This guy. He's I a great he actor. He's in Peacemaker as well. That's what James Gunn worked with on uh, on first. Another reason for me to watch Peacemaker. He his name is Chukwudi Iwuji. He is a Nigerian British actor. He's like a another Shakespeare guy. And he's drawing on a lot of that in this like he's gone like all in on his He's gone native. Yeah. But no, he's he's absolutely fucking terrific in it. Um real hissable villain, but also you don't empathize with him. He's just he's no, just he's wonderful to watch, yeah. like when he's on screen. He's um so anyway, his whole notion was to build this planet of uh this perfect planet of animalomorphic yeah, animals yeah, yeah. kind of Animal things. people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they keep tracking and tracking it to try and find a cure for the kill switch on Rocket and then ends them up on this planet. All the while Gamora has to track along and she of course doesn't remember that uh, she loves Peter Quill. Kind of nice, good for them that they don't make that happen by the end of the movie. But there's that scene in the in the Orgo Corp Where place. they almost do. There's the scene where like Quill is talking about all the stuff that happened and it's James Gunn being pissed off about all the things that the other Marvel writers did in the films to these characters. Where he was like, yeah, so you... Do you remember he's basically laying out like, so you jumped... I, I didn't get that. I'm you a dunce, fell off of a totally cliff right. and, da, 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 and, da, and I guess that happened. And But you came back and none of the other people who died came back, but you came back. So that's weird, I guess. And it's basically just gone like... Yeah, commenting on on what happened to to his characters because none of that like it wouldn't have been the same if he'd made Guardians of the Galaxy three when it was going to be made. Yeah, because he got fired. So like some of those changes were things that he would have were things that Disney shuffled around so they didn't have to deal with James Gunn or they you know there was no James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they were trying to like erase. Yeah, yeah. Wow, fair play. Shots fired. That's good. I didn't yeah. notice that because I don't have a spiteful brain like you. No, you I got read a good it ear for spite. No, I didn't pick it up when I was watching <laughs> it. I just thought like, oh, that's nice. He's explaining what happened in the previous films to this other character. Anyway, then uh, it turns out the high evolutionary isn't even done. He tries to destroy this planet. 
The Guardians get separated, but they manage to hook up with nowhere and just about get all the little children that they find there for the new world out into nowhere along with a bunch of animals. Well, but they then all the animals. But then I can't remember who who reminded uh, Quill that uh, he's got a grandfather back on Earth. Anyway, Krill, Quill remembers his grandfather back on Earth, and he's like. I'm going back to Earth and the Guardians kind of break up. But then Adam Warlock joins them and another person joins them and there's another version of them. But everybody kind of goes home, especially Quill, who goes home and hugs his grandfather. Cute Danica crying. No important post credit scene. I watched the mid credit scene. I watched both of them. It showed like the... I, I like the mid credit scene. It showed the... Yeah, new, but it's not the, important. Like No, but it, I, I'm not... I think it's pretty good. It shows like the new uh, Guardians team of Rocket, Groot, Cosmo, Kraglin, Adam Warlock, and Fila, Fila, one of the the children that they rescued. Yeah, but I mean, it's in no way like look what's happening next. In the no, Marvel but it, I think it's cool. I think it shows like a good sort of. It shows the fact that they can refresh the team. It doesn't have to be like it. Like it would be in the comic yeah, books. Yeah, but who cares about the next team? Well, I know, but like it's a nice little bookend, nice little it gives you closure. And what was the th- it says here afterwards the the po- the post credit scene is Quill eating breakfast with his granddad. With his granddad, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. I left before that. I was like, I'm good. Yeah, I stayed for it. How did you feel about the music in this one? Uh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was fine. I did see some pushback against it being like I've James. I've seen that. Gunn that's is- why I'm bringing it up. James Gunn is like just playing all his cool songs. Um, I liked the choices, even things I don't normally like, like Florence and the Machine. I thought that was a, a solid uh, usage. Did you like the the opening? What was the opening again? Rabbit rocket singing along to creep. Acoustic uh, version, sure. Nah, no, it was fine. Can't remember what some of the other songs were. It's completely. Forgotten. What's the next Marvel movie that's coming out? Well, the next Marvel film is one that we're all looking forward to, and that is The Marvels. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yeah, it looks very bad. It does look very, very bad. Uh, I wish it were otherwise, but it does look like it's going to be awful. I'm not going to watch it. No, I'm not going to watch it either, <laughs> unless it is, for some reason, amazing. Like, unless very... people start, like, genuinely, unanimously shouting from the hilltops, going, yeah. the trailer is misleading, this is actually really good. Yeah. But besides that, I think at this point we've agreed life is too short. After a Falcon and a Winter Soldier and a, and a Moon Knight and whatever, you've watched Quantumania. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's good. You can be out there rewatching Deliverance, guys. Rewatch Deliverance. It's great. This is so we're in, yeah, we're in phase five. So next up is the Marvels and it does look horrendous. Uh, after that is Captain America New World Order, which has a very ropey director. I would say Julius Ona. I don't think he has a great, great track, le- What's track he record. He made the Cloverfield Paradox, was which was have like it was like the third Cloverfield film. I think that just got like Cloverfield stuck on it. How is he getting Marvel jobs? Jesus, people just they're not paying much anymore. Yeah, like this is legit. Disney are losing money. It's a bit of a, a, a mad choice. Then after that is the Thunderbolts again. Couldn't care Nobody less. Nobody cares. And and not then, just you and I, Andy. No one cares. And then Blade, which apparently has been pushed back again because of the writer's strike. It's not going to happen. No, that, it's not. That Blade film is not going to happen. Did, but did you hear just uh, before the writer's strike who they drafted in? For what? Blade. What do you mean, the actor? They've got no, 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 actor. to write it. 
No, who? What's his chops? True Detective, Nick Pizzolatto. Oh, Pizzolatto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, and, and you know who drafted him in is uh, Ali. Yeah. Because they worked together on True Detective season three. Um, and, you know. Mahershala. Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Ali is a man who, you know, clearly respects a good script, but also needs to work. And if Marvel come knocking, he's going to accept it for sure. But, you know, he drafted in some, a talented writer he had worked with and said, maybe you can have a look at this and make it work. That's would be my reading of the situation. It's not looking good. Um, it's I not- will say this. More interestingly, True Detective season four going to premiere this year. That's right. Yeah, Jody yeah. Foster. Starring Jodie Foster. Produced by Barry Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very excited. That seems better. Let's just do that instead. But this is it, man. Once all of this comes crashing down, and it is going to sooner than expected, I think independent films are on the rise and independent directors. That, I genuinely believe that. I, like It's like uh, the, the late 60s when Hollywood had to reform because nobody wanted to see uh, musicals anymore. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, do you, but are you thinking like the studio system is going to give people money or they're just going to have to all do it like... No, I, th- I think basically they're going to still want to make money, but they're going to they're gonna be forced into accepting the reality that just having an intellectual property isn't enough. You have to want to make something good with it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. So when they started out Marvel Studios, they had a few characters, second tier characters, but there were ones... You could make work, and they put a lot of love and effort into them, and they made them work. Like Iron Man wasn't yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. before fucking Tony Stark. Which arrived. is weird that that's where they started. But they were able to before make Tony it work. Stark. Yeah, yeah. Do you mean Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because I know who you meant. It, well, there you go. But then it comes along, and they're going uh, Moon Knight. Should we give Moon Knight a go? Yeah, yeah. That and was they have a Oscar Isaac in it, and it still doesn't really work. Yeah. Because there's no there's no love for it. Sure. Know, there's no love for the project. You look at something like X-Men First Class. That actually, despite all its limitations, had people who liked the source material. And it kind of made it work in this bizarre oddball way. Whereas everything Disney is chucking out now is falling flat simply for the reason that they're not interested in anything but milking the intellectual property teat for everything it's worth and once that kind of runs out studios are still going to want to make money but the other studios who aren't disney and aren't leaning completely on ips are going to go well what else can you do to make money and then they'll start looking once again like the 70s and like the early 90s they'll start looking for good directors who can make shit you know i think they should stop investing in ips yeah and invest in ipas hell yeah get some beers that's that we it. got for tonight? Yeah, that's it. I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm not going to rage against Disney uh, because I'm actually going to be directing. I'm going to be directing uh, Captain America and the Wasp <laughs> next year. So, oh, man. I think you you're, accepted you, their deal. You're you're. Do, I think you're doing. You've got like a three picture deal with no, Marvel coming up. I mean, you? I turned down Iron Girl. Oh damn! I'm not making Iron Girl. I had too much. You you accepted. I gotta get these fuckers on the phone. All right, bye, Andy. I love you. Bye, I love you too. Bye.